Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. I want to start this week by just saying a quick thank you to everyone who sent me emails or notes via social media congratulating me on the 200th edition of my community newsletter, Next Steps, which I've been marking this month. So I was really chuffed with all of that positive feedback and how the the articles, 600 plus of them over the last 17 or so years, have had a positive impact on people. So that's that's really brought a smile to my face. Uh, this week's podcast episode is about something I'm contemplating in personal life at the, at the moment, and that's a financial investment. And it got me thinking more broadly around the concept of what are we investing in. So I was fortunate enough a little while ago to receive a uh, an inheritance so I'm contemplating how to maximize it or how to to invest in it or how to get it to work for me. But in, in the thinking of that, though, I, it got it got me pondering the broader questions around how do we invest, you know, not just money, but maybe broader resources and in particular our time and energy. So six different areas came to, to mind and they are sort of aligned with how we might might break down success or success in life into different components. So as we go through this, um, uh, how would I say, it, the lens of investment this week, uh, I want you to hold that question in your own mind. What are you investing in? So as I say, it's not really about money here. It's about time and energy and focus and and resources. So I'm going to, to spend a good chunk of this week's episode honing in on investing in our dreams which is a topic that's so central to the coaching work that I do. But I, I want to start by touching on other areas of our lives where we also you know, look to invest time, energy, resources, and sometimes money, and we're seeking a return on that investment or we're seeking a dividend, if I keep the analogy going. Perhaps an obvious area to start with is investing in our health. You know, COVID has brought this front and centre for us. And for a lot of people, well, certainly in the past, for a lot of people, you know, looking after your health was visiting the doctor when you didn't feel well. Uh, but of course, that's managing the symptoms. Nowadays, it's about investing in our health, in our well-being and also our mental health. It's something I was contemplating this week because I was back at the gym after a two week break. We were down the country for a few days and then I um, I had many different work commitments the other week. So I took two week uh, break from the gym and it's always a little bit tough getting back into it. But my my thinking around the, the gym and the, the three times a week I go, I view it as an investment in my health and particularly at, at my stage of life, how I view it is, you know, looking to, to keep the muscles toned. Um, so it supports my skeletal system. Um, so as I as we age, as I age, you know, I'm looking to have good muscles to support the the the, the skeletal system, um, and recognizing that our bodies are the vehicles through which we engage with the world and 
um, and we can't do much if we're not feeling good or if we don't have sufficient energy levels. Um, and of course, you'll hear me speak before about, you know, regular yoga practices um, to, to try to keep me flexible and supple as well. And that got me thinking of, um, of, a, of a lady I came across at a workshop oh, a good few years ago. And I was delivering this workshop and she was a lady, I think, well into her 60s, sharp as a button. I think spry would be the word. But every so often she'd put her arm up. And, and initially I thought, you know, she was asking a question. So I would pause and, and, and connect with her. But she said, no, she was just stretching her arms and she does it several times a day um, because it's important for her to do it. Because, as she said, she didn't want to end up like her friend who wasn't able to dress herself anymore because she wasn't able to raise her hands above her head or didn't have the same mobility. So um, she actually used the phrase back then of, you know, she's investing in her health by simply raising her arms above her head several times a day. And I did have to smile. She was a real character. Um, of course, nowadays as well, investing in our health is not just about our physical health, but it's our mental health and our well-being and our wellness. So if you contemplate that for a minute, you know, how are you investing in your own health? How are you investing in your own wellness? I've spoken before about how I, I did invest in some counselling to help me through some, some tricky times. You know, I also invest my time and attention and maybe a little bit of resources too in, in reading uplifting material um, or listening to uh, podcasts. I often do this when I'm out for a walk and that's like a double benefit. So the physical movement and then listening to, to something that I find enjoyable or uplifting. And of course, it doesn't have to be personal development stuff. Sometimes it's just a good tune, um, but there's two podcasts I'm really enjoying at the moment. One is The Gathering Room by Martha Beck, um, the author, and she does a weekly um, or a monthly column in O Magazine and has done so for many years. And of course, I've spoken before about her book, The um, What's it, the Way of Integrity, which is a fantastic recent publication by her. But her podcast, The Gathering Room, it's out weekly. I find that really good. And I've also gotten into the habit of listening to Tara Brack's um, podcast as well. And that's actually led me to the book that I'm currently uh, reading and I actually reviewed in this month's um, Next Steps, the 200th edition, um, her book, which is out a good few years now. But I only came across it through her podcast which is Radical Self-Acceptance, which is a great title for a book as well. But let me, let me close this little segment by, by emphasising or, or, or at least posing the question, you know, how are you investing in your health and well-being? Another area that we can focus on when we think about investing our time and energy is into relationships. Um, that could be friendships, that could be a personal relationship. I know for me, you know, particularly with COVID and you're not able to connect with people physically in the same way anymore, although thankfully that's beginning to, to come back to normal a little, that it is about making conscious effort to, to invest in certain relationships. Um, you know, you hear of people having their, their date nights, maybe they're not going out anywhere, they're not going out for a meal just yet, uh, but they're dressing up and they're doing something special at home. Um, but it's about making the, the conscious effort of course, there may be some relationships that you're no longer willing to invest in, you know, and your time and energy can be redirected elsewhere. I've often found in this area that sometimes when you realize that it's all one way traffic in a relationship, you know, you're the one who's always reaching out 
you're the one who's proactive in arranging to meet up or making the phone calls or sending the emails, that maybe when you do a little bit less of that, you know, you find there's not much back coming back from the other person. But of course, in the bigger scheme of things, that if we're keeping score like that within a relationship, usually everyone is losing. Um, I always use the analogy of radiators and drains when we're looking at relationships. You know, radiators, the people when you're with them, they warm you up. There's a positivity. There's a can-do attitude. You know, you feel that there is a supportive friend and hopefully vice versa. But then there's other people where, you know, they're doing their best, but they will drain our energy levels. And, you know, maybe it's because we're coming into winter time. but I pondered the question myself. You know, I'm investing in my heating system. So that's investing in the radiators and not the drains, you know, the the, the friends and the acquaintances who, who warm me up when I'm in their in their company. Another area where we invest our time, energy and resources is our education or maybe our career. You know, certainly that's a phrase we associate perhaps with younger people. You know, they're investing in their education. But it's always useful to ask ourselves the question, what am I learning? Um, like everything in nature, we're either growing or dying. Um, and, you know, there's that phrase I sometimes share with groups when I'm working with them. You know, it's what we learn after we think we know it all that counts. Now, for me, learning is a value. I think I have that inbuilt curiosity that, that fuels everything. But if I'm looking to invest in my education or invest in my career, you know, perhaps I'm paying attention to some skills or competencies I'm looking to enhance. And it, it's not just about doing a course or a formal workshop here. Oftentimes we will just learn through observation of others by paying attention or maybe even reaching out to someone and having a conversation with them around how do they do this or how do they organize that. Um, I'm a great believer as well in the concept of working on our careers, not just in it, or working on our business and not just in it. Um, and that's certainly something that from my own perspective, I'm I'm spending a little bit more time on at the minute. That, that phrase of, you know, either investing in my business or spending time working on my business. So I'm able to take a step back and perhaps view it more objectively. And particularly for those of us who, who work in an area that we're passionate about or we have turned our, our passions into our professions, it can be very difficult to separate our businesses from ourselves and, and sort of who we are. But it's useful to see our businesses as a separate entity because then we can be more objective in our assessment of them. Before I delve into the topic of investing in our dreams, you know, there's other areas that we invest in as well. Maybe our homes, um, our houses. Of course, for many people, going back to the Celtic Tiger years, they invested in property. But here I'm talking about investing in our environments, our, our, our place of home, our, our quality of life. I know in the last little while, myself and Brian have, you know, we've carried out some renovations to the house, bathroom. And then when was it four years ago? Um, we, we, we followed through on a long held dream of building an extension at the back of the house and reconfiguring it and putting a bit more glass in so we could connect with the garden. And we both have an interest in architecture and design. And as it happens, we actually designed it ourselves. We mapped it out on the floor and we mapped out our, our kitchen and how we wanted it to be. And we brought it to the kitchen supplier and we, we very much enjoyed the process of that. And we're continuing to, to, to get the benefits of, of living in a space that we've helped design and, and create. 
Uh, and of course, it's not just an investment in the value of the house, it's an investment into the, the quality of life too. But of course, when we're looking at that, it doesn't need to be a big investment. You know, sometimes I'll just go out or maybe go online and buy a new candle, you know, for a few quid um, and then light it. And, you know, it changes the atmosphere of a room. That's something I'll do year round, but particularly coming into winter, I'll do it. Um, we're also contemplating, you know, getting some fitted wardrobes put into some of the bedrooms to create more um, uh, storage space. Um, because we spend so much time at home and working from home, maybe there's a few little little changes and a few little tweaks that can just make a big difference. Another area that we spend time contemplating or investing in is the is the traditional one. It's the future security one, and it it was contemplating things in this area. And again, maybe it's just current stage of life for me, and um, that prompted me this week to think about this wider theme of theme of investment. Um, what, what I find interesting is that, and um, how would I say it, it's a bit difficult as well, that when we look at how COVID up, you know, turned everything upside down, complete turmoil and upheaval and something that couldn't have been predicted, you know, we realise that maybe, you know, we're living month to month uh, with the assumption of certain income levels. Um, you know, previous generations perhaps had the ethos of, you know, saving for a rainy day or having some sort of buffer zone. Now, equally, I know some people who have constantly saved for a rainy day, but they never dip into their hard earned savings. And perhaps that's postponing the joys of life as well. Whereas others could be said to be living fully in the present, you know, and, and operate from a, from a place of thinking that tomorrow will take care of itself. Um, I'm probably someone here who is a good organiser. Maybe it's because I started my working career in insurance as well, that I'm aware of contingencies and saving for a rainy day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, it, it, it prompts the question, you know, what am I doing to, to invest in my own future or to invest in future security? The last area I really want to jump into this week is the whole concept of investing in our dreams. So I'm putting my, my coaching hat on tight for this one, you know, and it's a relevant topic for me at the minute as well. You know, I've been contemplating, you know, would I be better off investing in a bank fund or investing in my own business? When I think about it, I know which one I trust the most and which one I can rely upon the most. Investing in myself or the next chapter of my business and life is is probably one where I get to savor the process as well and savor the growth and the challenge um, and not just be focused on the end result. You know, for several years now, um, I've been blessed that maybe professionally and personally, I've ticked off many of the, the goals or ambitions that I had. But of course, we continue to learn and grow and evolve. So I'm contemplating for the next chapter of my life, where do I want to invest my time and energy and resources? So it is about finding that balance between planning for the future, but also living in the present. When, we're, when I'm working with people in the area of investing in their dreams or following their sole purpose or getting curious about what's possible in this area, a powerful word that often comes up is the, is the word commitment, you know, and there's, there's huge energy behind that. You know, if I'm committed, say, in a relationship, well, I'm focused on one person to the exclusion of others. Or if I'm committed to growing my business or developing my career or investing in my dream, that presupposes an energy and a drive and a purpose. 
and, and that I'm going to take action, maybe irrespective of how I'm feeling or what mood I'm in. You know, there's an energy, there's a drive to it, there's a magnet uh, pulling us. And that reminds me of that great Paolo Coelho quote from The Alchemist. I'm probably paraphrasing a little here, um, but it's at the moment of commitment, the universe conspires to assist you. But even when we commit or invest in our dreams, we still have to deal with the ego, the shadow side, that inner resistance, that shrill internal voice that shrieks things like, you know, you're not ready, you're too old, you're too young, you need more qualifications. Who would want to work with you? Who would want to buy from you? Who would want to read your words? Who would want to listen to you? You know, this is not the best time. The economy is struggling. Too many people are doing the same thing you want to do. You know, it's not going to work out. You'll lose money. Um, others will see you as a failure. My goodness, I could keep going with that. You can tell I'm familiar with a lot of it. Uh, but I think we're all well acquainted with that inner voice, that inner saboteur, that, that inner gremlin. What I found over the years is that if I fight against this voice, you know, that takes a lot of energy. And whilst it can fuel determination, Personally, I find it's, it's determination with an undercurrent of anger or frustration. You know, what does work is, the, is witnessing the voice. I think it was actually on Tara Brock's recent podcast, or perhaps it was her book, Radical Acceptance, um, where she had this phrase of when we, when we hear that inner voice uh, coming up with the limiting beliefs or the reasons why we can't do something or the, the fears that we have, the inner resistance that we have, she recommends just saying the words, this too, when we hear that in our gremlin voice. And what it presupposes is that we're able to accommodate it, you know, that we're able to witness our thinking, you know, oh, this too, this thought too, uh, this limiting belief too, um, and that we're, we're able to witness it, but that we're, we're also able to accommodate it. So like we're more than just that limiting voice. And what we're also doing here, of course, is showing compassion to that part of ourselves that's full of doubt or uncertainty, uh, because that part will, will always be there. It reminds me of that uh, simple little adage, fear knocked at the door, love answered, no one was there. And it's like if we show love to the, the fear or if we show compassion to, to what we're concerned about or that part of us that is worried or anxious, it will dissolve or minimize or just become less um, than what we think it is. You know, that voice of hate, that voice of fear as well can sometimes, you know, it's, it's there to serve us too, but we want to be in charge of it. You know, if we can pause and reflect and contemplate it, maybe we can, we can convert those fears or the limiting thinking into risk assessment or contingency thinking, you know, let, let that inner voice, voice, um, prompt us to pause and reflect as opposed to just stop. I don't think there ever was or there ever will be a time when that inner voice tells us that we're exactly the right person to do this or that the timing is right for us or that everything will work out beautifully or perfectly or, or even better than we expected. Um, I, I think that will never happen. It has never happened in my experience. We will, we will never feel fully prepared at the outset. I know that's been the case for me when I think about starting my own business, when I think about, you know, writing a book or even starting the podcast, you, you know, you'll never be fully prepared. But it's about getting to the starting line. The challenge here, I often think, is not thinking too far ahead, because the further ahead we think, the more challenges we can come up with. 
It's about getting to the starting line, getting in the race, giving something a go. With that mindset in place, you know, what starting line could you put your toe on when we think about investing your time and energy? You know, perhaps it's in relation to your health. You know, what, what could you do to invest in your health? You know, maybe it's with education and career. Perhaps there's a course you're looking to research or to find out more about. Or maybe even when it comes to relationships, you can instigate a conversation, which would be an investment into that relationship. One area or one story that comes to mind when I contemplate investing in my own career or my own business and, and making a commitment I'm going back to, I think it was 2004, maybe 2005. And I was, you know, not very busy with work, put it that way. And I was probably about 12 months into running my own coaching business. And my dream was to run workshops and to be standing in front of groups and speaking on different topics and maybe even speaking at conferences and um, I decided to give it a go. So what would what would that mean or what would that look like? So I decided to run a hour long session in a city centre premises. And it was like a pre-work thing. I think it was on at 8 a.m. or maybe even 7.30 to try to get people before they went into the office. And I think it was on the topic of time management. I can't even remember it's that far back. And I remember it cost about 25 quid to hire this room. And it was fairly basic. There was no tea coffee facilities. I remember buying um, in the supermarket a few packets of biscuits to have available to people. And there was a kettle and probably a jar of Nescafe or something. And um, uh, the purpose of it, though, was for me to be putting some time and a small amount of resources, but particularly my energy and maybe even my spirit into what it was I wanted to do. And I remember about seven people were in the room in the audience. Um, it it's, you know, wasn't a, a huge number, but it was what it was. I always say, and I still say it, you know, whoever's there is meant to be there and it, it's all perfect. It's all divine timing. And most of the people in the room I knew, uh, they were sort of there out of support, you know, friends to, to show support or to get bums on seats almost. I'm sure I bribed some of them to be there. Uh, but there was one man there, I didn't know who he was. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, James, you know, that was really good. And I got a lot of benefit from it. And I said, well, thank you. You know, and I have to say I enjoyed the delivery of it because, you know, that's what I wanted to do. And here I was doing it in a very small way. And he asked for my business card, which was terrific. And he said, I have a neighbor of mine who I think would be interested in your work. And uh, I thought no more of it. And then the following day, the, the neighbour contacted me. I can't remember whether it was email or, or phone call, but it turns out the neighbour was a senior manager in an IT organisation. And that organisation is still one of my main clients. I've spoken at various different events for them and workshops all around Europe. Um, I do several sessions with them every year. You know, there's been plenty of invoicing to that organisation over the over the last 14, 15 years. And all of that can be traced back to me stepping up and stepping into the space of what it is that I wanted to do, because sometimes with that, you just never know the outcome. Uh, similarly, 
when was it back in 2015 I launched my own YouTube channel and the occasional video goes up on it but I suppose I can't be completely in media production so the podcast and the the blog and the social media sort of takes precedence but there is still plenty of videos up there on the YouTube channel and uh, uh, you know in the initial stages there wasn't many um, many views of them but I remember there was one particular video I think it was on goal setting and it had 13 views um, so you know hardly viral um, but one of the people who had viewed it was the producer of a TV program and they enjoyed it and they contacted me and that ended up with me uh, appearing on, on television for a 15 minute conversation around goal setting or new year and new you and all of that came from that one particular video so the the point in sharing those stories with you is is that when we show up maybe the universe conspires to assist us. So as we move towards close this week, sometimes we just reach a point where we're simply not willing to postpone our dreams anymore. The pain of not acting or exploring our inner purpose or our soul calling becomes greater than the pain of stepping outside of our comfort zones. Whilst we're familiar with the gremlin voice, that inner saboteur that, and the familiar tunes it plays and maybe all of its remixed variations of those tunes, there is another voice that we can listen to as well. And without sounding too dramatic with this, I often refer to that as the voice of love. It's the voice that we can only hear when we're, when we're quiet. It's perhaps the voice of our inner wisdom as well. You know, and this voice will, will always shine a light on the path of our soul's expansion, the path of our happiness, which, of course, is not just the destination, but it's the journey itself. It's, it's, it's how we are of most service to the world. It's how we share our unique gifts. It's how we put our little thread into the great tapestry of life. As I often say to coaching clients I work with in this area, that there are people out there just waiting for you to show up. Uh, because what you will offer will enrich their lives, whether that's a product or a service or by you just being you and, and being you authentically. Um, so therefore, don't deprive them of those gifts. So when we make a commitment or we make the positive decision to invest in ourselves or to invest in our dreams, it's not going to make us immune from doubt and fear and worry and anxiousness and lack of worthiness and imposter syndrome. You know, that's always going to be there because it's part of the human condition. But so much pain is caused by withholding our true selves and by not investing in our dreams and our heart's desires. A powerful question I often ask when I'm working with people in this area or, you know, when I'm contemplating areas in my own life where I feel frustrated, the question is, what is this situation asking of me that I'm still withholding? Because it's often an invitation for us to bring a, another aspect of ourselves into the equation. So if we're seeking to invest in our future, our future security, our health, our career, our dreams, our relationships, we can only take action in the now. So with that in mind, you know, and as we close this week, what investment, no matter how small, can you make this week? Um, whether it's in the area of your own health and wellness, your relationships, your education, your future security, or, or perhaps even uh, with a long-held and precious and cherished dream, you know, what investment can you make uh, today, this week, that you can receive the return on in the future? So we're going to close there. 
Thank you for tuning in. I hope my musings this week on that analogy of what we're investing in is one that resonated with you. If it did, send me a note, make a comment, um, and as ever, pass on the uh, the links to this podcast if you um, think someone you know would find it helpful. More information about me, James Sweetman, is of course available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And until next week. 